0: Man, thank you platform workers. Thank you for your giving. Much appreciated this morning. Got one uh, testimony before we start this morning. Had street preaching, street drama last night. Uh, uh, Not least going to come give testimonies. Give her a hand. She comes this morning.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Naya Lees, and yesterday was my first time going out street preaching. Um, I was queezing. My stomach was all in bubbles when I was headed there. I was nervous um, because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know know, what the Lord was going to do, but I'm just like, you know, Lord, I'm willing. I'm going. I'm going to trust that you will have your way. And he did just that through all of us. You know, I was there. And you couldn't tell I was nervous. I was just radical for Jesus. Um, you know, He began to move. And so, if you haven't gone, I encourage you to do so. Um, he does tell us in Matthew 28:19 to go out and make disciples of all nations. So it is our duty to go out and sow those seeds of the good news. Um, so, yeah, you can just trust God. As long as you go, the Lord will have his way. It's worth it. A seat was planted in all of our lives and other people they deserve to see the kingdom of heaven as well. So don't be selfish with your salvation. Spread the good news.
0: <laughs> Amen. Appreciate that. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 15. you got your Bible, Matthew 15. Amen. I want to use as an opener, Second Kings 4. Uh, the Bible talks about a Shumanite woman her and her husband made an investment. They built a room onto their house, furnished that room, with a bed, a stand, and a lamp, so that whenever Elisha came that way, uh, he could refresh, uh, rest and refresh himself. So we see a powerful truth here, and that is whenever you invest in someone else's life, God takes notice. Now, this lady didn't do it for God to just take notice, but she did it because, listen, uh, it's a need, we see the man of God coming and going, uh, we know he's a godly man, let's make an investment, and they make this investment, but God takes notice, verse 14, Elijah asked Gehazi, what can be done for her, Gehazi says she has no son, and her husband is old, you got to think about what's being said there, in those days, a son was everything, He as as uh, the husband's old, he's going to die soon, uh, That boy will grow to a young man. He will carry on uh, the work, and she will survive through her son. In verse 15, Elijah said, call her. Uh, So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you shall hold a son in your arms. Amen. She makes an investment in another man's life, uh, her and her husband. God takes notice, and now she has a son, something she probably thought would never happen, but... Mark it down, when we make investment in other people, uh, God takes notice. In our text, Jesus is busy helping people do a miracle, and Jesus does one more amazing miracle where His disciples have to get involved, uh, and from that they're changed forever. Let's read our text, Matthew 15, to so start at verse uh, 29. I want to preach on the miracles this morning. It said, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then He went up on the mountaintop and sat down. Great mult- or great crowds came to him, uh, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. Verse 31. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speak, the crippled, made well, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people if they have already been with me three days and have uh, nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. They may collapse on the way his disciples answered. Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. And he told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and and the fish and then he had, And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to disciples, and then returned to the people. Verse 37. They all ate and were satisfied after the disciples picked up seven, or afterwards the disciples picked up seven baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men besides women and children. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you this morning... God, your hand be up on this service. God, give us revelation. God, give us a heart for people. God, that we would make investments, God, in people. God, which is the treasure of heaven. I pray, help us. God, give us this revelation, this understanding. God, that you do love people in Jesus' name. God, people say, Amen. The miracles this morning. Let's look first at the miracle worker. The miracle worker, when Jesus. First called his disciples in Matthew 4. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers. And man, they had no idea what was up. Uh, They had no idea. They just, they knew Jesus was amazing. Uh, 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 But they didn't know a whole lot more. One day, you know, they're catching fish. And the next day they're watching Jesus heal the blind, the lame, and the crippled. So uh, pretty amazing. You know, the goal was not for them just to watch what Jesus was doing but to be involved. Look at our text, verse 32. Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion on these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. They may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, uh, we, uh, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Jesus says, how many loaves? He's getting involved here. How many loaves do you have, Jesus said, or uh, Jesus asked, seven, they replied, and a few fish. You know, the truth is this morning, we never have enough in ourselves, do we? It don't matter if the crowd's ten or a hundred. Uh, if we're just always looking to what we have, uh, it's never enough. We can never meet the need. So these disciples, they're, they're not really involved with people yet. They're just following Jesus' uh and doing what he's doing, serving where they can, I guess. But, uh, and, but, you know, if we just, they're looking in their cell, hey, Jesus, there's no way here that we can meet this need. Uh, we're in a remote place. We don't have enough money to buy food. Uh, so, we you know, we never have enough our, uh, to meet the need. Seven loaves and a few fish to feed 4,000 men besides women and children. They need a miracle, Right. And Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen when he asked them uh, for what they had. Seven loaves and a few fish. Jesus knew what he was going to do. But he's getting these men involved in what he's doing uh, for a purpose here. You know, needs many times are just something that God uses to get us involved with people. Uh, Many times the need is not really the need. Uh, God will use that to get us involved with people. Look at verse 35. He told the crowd to sit on the ground. Uh, then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they, in turn, to the people. Jesus used this need uh, to get his men involved with people. Uh, G- the Bible says Jesus broke, gave it to his disciples, disciples to the people. Now there's interaction, they're involved uh, with each other. You know, when you're involved with people, uh, you learn their names, you learn a little background uh uh, you, you correspond here a little bit, uh, and Jesus' whole purpose is now not just to come and watch the show. Uh, we don't come to church just to watch, uh, but we come to be involved, and Jesus said, listen, uh, I need to get my men involved with people here. Again, Jesus used the need here to get his, people, to get his disciples involved with people. You know, involvement changes lives. You know, could you imagine the transformation that took place that day in disciples' life and the crowd's life uh, as they, they know they're starting out with seven loaves and, uh, you know, a few fish. I mean, just a handful of food, really. They're starting out this very little amount. Uh, they're looking at this massive crowd, 4,000 men besides women and children, maybe 20,000 sitting on the ground, uh, I mean, and they got to, the, could you imagine the transformation that took place in their life that day uh, as each one, they're dipping in their hand and they're watching the fish in, loaves multiply over and over. I mean, as the basket goes around the crowd, I'm not sure how they did it, but uh, as the baskets are going around, I mean, everybody's getting fish, loaves, the Bible said everybody ate, they were satisfied. Uh, that means they probably got seconds, maybe some even thirds. Uh, they're satisfied Uh, Amen. That's a miracle. You know, involvement always involves other people. It says, he broke the loaves and fish, and then he gave them to disciples, and they gave to people. So if you want to do something for God, involve yourself with people. If you want to be a blessing in the house of God, involve yourself with people. Amen. Uh, And Jesus knew his disciples couldn't miss this. We're not just here to minister behind the pulpit or, or uh, you know, say some words, but uh, ministry involves serving people. What God does, or what God does, is always to be shared uh, with others. What God gives us is not just for ourselves. You know, involvement helps us catch the heart of God as well. Look at verse thirty-two. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, "I have compassion on these people." They have already been me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want them to go away hungry that they may collapse on the way. So serving God and working with people requires a lot of compassion. Uh, Jesus wants them to catch this. Uh, Jesus has compassion on these people. They're not just numbers to him. Uh, They're just not a crowd. Uh, But now he has a heart of compassion. Remember, he's been ministering, he's been healing all the They laid at his feet. The Bible said he healed them. Uh, They're still with him. they have been three days following him with nothing to eat. Uh, They're famished and he has compassion. Uh, Amen. And, And serving God, working with people requires a lot of compassion. You know, this word compassion means empathy, concern, tenderness, tolerance, consideration, understanding, kindness, and mercy. When you work with people, that's a good package of words. When you work with people, uh, that's a good package of words. You have to be compassionate, uh, have compassion because, listen, uh, especially, you know, uh, people just uh, sometimes aren't as appreciative as they need to be. Come on. Or aren't there, uh, and Jesus said he has to have compassion because the real treasure in the kingdom of God is people. You know, think about that. Many in the crowd that day that was following Jesus were people that just got healed. Uh, Our text says, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet and healed them. So these people, uh, many of them brand new converts, they've just gotten healed, just gotten a miracle. These are the ones that are in the crowd. uh, And these people are going to need a lot of love, a lot of care, a lot of investment made to them. And the Bible said, compassion says, I do not want to send them away hungry. Uh, they may collapse on the way. Amen. This this is a heart for people. Amen. Uh, Jesus loves people. He had just healed them. There's excitement uh, in the camp. People that are blind walk around, they can see. You can imagine the testimonies that were crippled or walking. Uh, those that were, uh, you know, diseased. I mean, are healed. You can imagine the uh, you know, just the talk in the crowd. Uh, And there's the excitement there, but that's not enough. Amen. There has to be compassion, uh, and these disciples have to learn that. uh, uh, The the crowd in itself is not good enough, uh, but there has to be compassion, and Jesus wants his men to get this in them. They can't miss it. Our text, Jesus the miracle worker, but what drives him to do these miracles uh, in the lives of people is compassion. You know, think about or you know thank God the disciples caught the heart of Jesus here they involved themselves in the lives of people the Bible said Jesus as Jesus multiplied the loaves and fish they gave them to the people so they got involved maybe it's a forced involvement but they got involved <laughs> hallelujah sometimes we just have to force hey go go see that couple or go have them over to something uh, and uh, Jesus gets them involved and they're thankful they're grateful. It did because that's where the miracle happened uh, in their heart and life as they got involved, as they're handing uh, the food to the people are seeing the miracle, the multiplication, uh, and it transformed their life. How I know Jesus is still working miracles in the lives of the broken, the hurting, the desperate, and the struggling today? Luke 4.18, He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom, to the prison recovering of sight, to the blindness set, the oppressed free. The question is, do we have compassion? Will we involve ourselves in the lives of the broken, the hurting, the desperate, and the struggling? So we can't just talk about disciples, now we are got to talk about us. Amen, because Jesus is asking us this morning uh, to involve ourselves in the people's lives, uh, especially new converts that are coming to church That. Uh, don't have the foundation yet, don't have the footing yet, uh, will we invest in them, uh, invest in their lives, uh, and help them. You know, if we're not careful, we can become the people who just come to church, worship, give, and go home. And never involve ourselves in the lives of the broken, the hurting, the desperate, and the struggling. Uh, because that's, we're selfish by nature. But we're not careful. We just let that selfishness drive us. We come. Uh, we do our little religious calisthenics and go home and never be involved with people. I know that is not the will of God. Jesus, I believe, uh, does a lot of this miracle, not just for the people, but he needed his disciples to catch this. Look at our text. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet to uh, and he healed them. What that tells me, somebody had to see the need, hear the cries, because the Bible said they brought them. Somebody had to have a heart. Uh, uh, amen. They bring all these to Jesus. Uh, uh, and Jesus heals them, but in return, now Jesus, it gets the men involved, the people involved, and now I want you to touch them yourself as well. Look secondly at the miracles. You know, the miracles mentioned here show us the scope uh, of the need of the people. The lame, the blind, the crippled, the mutant, many others, and laid them at his feet. You know, we have no idea the miracle that's needed uh, when we see people come through our church doors. We have no idea the miracles uh, that they need in their life, how desperate they are. God, I need you to touch me, move in my life, my marriage, my family. We have no idea the miracle that's desperately needed. Uh, uh, it's not as obvious many times. Our text, lame, blind, mute—it's uh, not that obvious many times. We just can't see it uh, and say, "Yeah, they need a miracle." Uh, uh, you know, most of the time, it's an unseen miracle uh, where Jesus said many others related his feet. Uh, who knows the problems he heard that day? But Jesus gets his men, his disciples, involved in that. Uh, uh, because he knows, listen, they've got to catch this. People come to the Christ, come to the house of God. They, they need people's involvement to get the miracle. Disciples had to get involved before the people got that miracle uh, of multiplication of, of, of fish and loaves. Uh, and as we get involved, uh, the miracles begin to transpire. As we get involved uh, with other people, miracles transpire. Huh? We live in a broken time. Young people are depressed today. Prescription drug abuse is off the charts. You know, this trans movement is confusion and destroying our young children. People that come through our doors need a miracle. But can we see it? Can we see it and be moved uh, uh, to involve ourselves with their lives, amen, so they can get that miracle? You know, miracles have a loud voice. They say very loudly, Jesus cares. Uh, Jesus is the only one that can. You can fill in the blanks. Uh, a man can heal, deliver, restore, break curses, make whole, whatever that need is. Uh, but as we involve ourselves, uh, and they get a miracle, that miracle speaks very loud. And and Jesus healed many others that day. So the miracle just kept rolling. And, I, and, I, and I'm saying miracles have a voice of all their own. You know, it kept me coming uh, to church after, like I said, it was the miracle that happened to me at salvation. I mean, God did such a miracle in my life, when I surrendered my life to Jesus. The miracle that God did in me, but it wasn't just that, it was the people. Immediately, the people in the church began to speak to me. and not want anything really in return to just accept me just live for God. Uh, they wasn't after anything. They just wanted a friendship. They wanted uh, to talk. And, and I mean, that, that, man, that brought me back. Because I never had anybody really in life wanted me just for, who, just if they couldn't get something. But I mean, for the church it's say, hey, I just want to be your friend. Uh, want not you come over to spend some time together? Let's go do something. Uh, I mean, that was so foreign to me. But, I mean, that so impacted my life. Uh, the miracle that happened at the altar, now the people are uh, saying, listen, uh, uh, come over. And uh, they probably didn't know, uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, uh, uh, what was happening in my life just because they were caring for me. I mean, my, my wife seen it. She came in uh, uh, 10 months after I did and gave her life to Jesus. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, but the people was a big part of me keep coming back. And I would say the same is true today. There's people here, you would say the same thing. Uh, amen. Yeah, God did a miracle in my life, but it was the people. It was people loving on me, caring for me, inviting me over, talking to me. Uh, uh, that kept me coming back. How many's ever been to a church, hopefully not this one, that nobody ever talked to? You You kind of feel it strange going in, you feel strange leaving. Amen. Don't let that be so here. If you see somebody new, go park by them for a minute. Women with women, men with men. Talk to them. We have a lot of miracles here in the potter's house. And we need to let the miracles have a voice. You know, Your miracle will encourage other miracles. Look at John 4.39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because the woman's testimony he told me everything I did. Her testimony had a voice, uh, and it impacted a whole city of people. They came out, uh, man. You did this to that lady. We knew her before. And now we're hearing her testimony. You must be real. You must. And and the Bible said because of her. I mean, everybody came. Listen, your 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 miracle has a voice. Uh, when people see what God's done, if you especially if you voice it. Uh, God has done this. God has done that. My, I'm telling you, it touches people. You know, your healed marriage, your deliverance from drugs and alcohol, deliverance from immorality, deliverance from grief. Jesus, in verse 29, says, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors uh, and others were eating with him. Levi's testimony of what Jesus did in his life filled his house and brought many people to Jesus. He just simply told his friend, "Man, Jesus is real. Jesus uh, did a miracle in my life. I surrendered my life to Jesus. I'm a completely different man. They're noticing the difference. Wow, Levi! Uh, I mean, you were this. Now we're seeing it. it filled this house of people, and brought many to Jesus. Uh, and that's what miracles do. They have a voice. They touch people. Miracles bring glory to God. Verse 31 says the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind seen, and they praised the God of Israel. Listen, your testimony has a your testimony is a powerful tool to be used when outreaching. You know, many people are like you and I out there. Uh, we can't forget how we used to be before salvation, uh, how messed up our minds were, how addicted we were to make drugs and alcohol, pornography, whatever it might have been. Uh, there's a lot of people out there like that. As you simply share your testimony with them, uh, man, I was once this. It's a tool that you can use uh, on outreach when you're talking to people. I was talking to a man yesterday, uh, and I'm witnessing and uh, talking to him, man, just sharing my testimony. And man, I, it, I can tell just really impacted this guy's life. And, you know, him and his fiancee said, man, we're probably going to come uh, to church, hear the word of God. Uh, But listen, your testimony is a tool. uh, If you can use that, uh, and I'm telling you, you may not think you're making impact for a moment, but listen, when your house fills up. Levi's brought his whole house, it said a large crowd was there, uh, and and they were introduced to Jesus. Let's look lastly at the leftovers here. God's a blesser. Hallelujah. But he doesn't just meet the need, which would have been great in itself. He goes way beyond. You know, seven loaves and a few fish feeding 4,000 men, besides women, children. We say, wow, that's enough, right? If nothing else would have happened that day, we'd say, man, Jesus is powerful. He's a miracle worker. 20,000 people probably been touched by this miracle. We would say that was enough. Verse 37, all ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples, though, picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. You know, think about this. All the broken pieces of fish and loaves uh, in them seven baskets were a miracle. I mean, what they started with, that's been eight long time ago. Everything they picked up was a miracle uh, of God. You know what this tells me? That the miracles don't stop just at church. You know, they took the miracles with them. They took them home. Uh, they took them to their workplace. The next place they went, they were taking the miracles uh, with them. Uh, and that's what God wants you and I to do. It, it doesn't just stop at church. Uh, yeah, it was good service, God moved, but listen the miracle uh, is to be taken home to your workplace, to your neighborhood, your marketplace, wherever you're seeing yourself, uh, and allow that miracle to touch people. What God does at church, He wants to do in your home, your marriage, your children, co workers, we can go on and on. You know, think about this. God can feed 4,000 men, besides women and children, seven loaves of fish, and or seven loaves and a few fish. What can He do with seven basketfuls of loaves and fish? You know, I believe Jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves so that He, uh, so that they would have seven, or the disciples would have seven baskets left over to see what He's going to do with them. I believe Jesus was watching to see. If they would caught it, if they would learned the lesson, if they the lesson was and in be involved with people, uh, Amen. You you handled the 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 seven loaves and a few fish. You gave them to people. I believe this is me. Uh, I believe the reason they had the leftovers. Jesus now wanted to see what they were going to do with the leftovers. You know, seven baskets full. That's that's a big fellowship. Seven basketfuls of food. Uh, I mean, you can have a big old fellowship. You can have a church fellowship there. You can invite all the new converts over uh, uh, and all, all the converts there's ever been. I mean, seven baskets, that's a lot. I don't know how big your baskets were. But I'm thinking baskets. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm reading the Bible, I'm thinking baskets. I ain't thinking a little baskets. I'm thinking baskets. You get seven basketfuls. I mean, you can feed everybody. Everybody you know anyway. <laughs> You know what God's saying here? I've given you plenty. Have you caught my heart? Are you using what God has given you to touch other people? Have you caught that yet? God said, I've given extra to you so you can be a blessing to someone else. So you can invite them over. You can spend time with them. Take them out. Pay for their meal. You know, our text starts off with Jesus left there and went to along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on the mountainside and sat down. Great multitudes came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, and the mute, and many others, and laid them at the feet, his feet and were healed. You know, Jesus is simply on a long outreach here. He's going town to town, because verse 21, right before the text says, leaving Jerusalem, he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, where he met a Canaanite woman. If you know the story, she has a demon-possessed daughter. She's begging Jesus, come heal my Daughter, and they have their uh, dialogue, uh, but the end result was Jesus says, uh, "Amen, uh, your your request is granted." She goes home, and a miracle's happening. Her daughter, so, but Jesus is going town to town. Now he's come to the Sea of Galilee. Our text, uh, and I believe Jesus feeding the four thousand men besides women children was more for his disciples than anyone else because really they haven't caught the heart of God for people yet in our text jesus got them personally involved with people and when he gave them the seven loaves or seven basketfuls left over he wanted to see what they're going to do with it now you know they did do the right thing with them i believe they had a fellowship that was bigger than any fellowship i believe they invited all their friends their enemies uh new people everybody over because in acts 2 the church is just starting off. Revival's happening. They broke their bread uh, in, in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Uh, where'd they learn that? I believe they learned that from our text. Uh, they learned to involve themselves with other people, with their food, with their meals. Uh, listen, let's do this thing together, reaching out, involving uh, themselves. In Acts 2, revival's breaking out. You know the story, 3,000 gets saved at one time, 5,000 get saved another time, and both times say they ate uh, their their bread from house to house. Uh, they're rejoicing, they're praising God. Where did they learn that? I believe they learned from our text again. Listen, have you learned this yet? That maybe God's done the miracle in you, giving you the good job for you can have some little extras, so you can have invite other people over. You can share your wealth, uh, you, can, uh, you can share your time, and your insight, what you know, uh, to help a new convert. Again, I believe they learned from our text. Again, not only they, but the whole church, the Bible said, was having fellowship house to house and eating their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. You know, I love what Pastor Howard and Tay started uh, uh, with this every other Sunday meal and uh, it's, it's had great effects already and results. Uh, I hear people talking, but I mean, I know it's investment. I know it's time. I know it's uh, sacrifice, it takes money, but uh, the meal we're having today after church, uh, listen, uh, it's it's for the new people or the people that haven't been here a while. If you've been invited, you're helping. Uh, but listen, it's, it's a great strategy. It's right out of the Bible. Uh, they're simply... Using what we have, what God's given us to bless somebody else. It's like them handing the loaves and fish to somebody else that needs it. The Bible said they were famished, they would collapse if they didn't get the food. How many in the church is famished and collapse and we just walk right by them? Maybe somebody else to feed them. Somebody else to help them. Let me close. Jesus did many miracles, but the goal was to get his disciples involved, and he did. Let me ask you, are you involved with people that God brings to our church doors? If not, he may bring them to another church door. Come on. I believe God will bring us as many as we take care of. I believe God will bring, God believe God wants more than we just to, to explode revival, growth in this church, but Will we take care of them? There's no sense of bringing them in. They're going to starve to death. <laughs> to the miracles show uh, just how big the need is. The people that came through uh, the church doors need miracles. But a little time and investment, uh, listen, can make all the difference. It may just be to you. It may be, uh, you know, hey, so, some hard work, getting, getting some fellowship. But to them, man, to a new convert, you having them over, you being a blessing to them, I spend the time with them. It's everything. Three, the leftovers. God doesn't only meet the need, but He always gives more. To show what we do with it. Let's bar heads. Every head, every